Is it on now? Oh, it's on now. Now you're going to be yet awake. Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Gracious Father, as we open your word, help us to learn from every person in your word, Lord, and to apply things that we don't sometimes think about. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be, as I come each month, as long as I come, I'm going to look at people of the Bible that we don't often look at. Because sometimes I believe we miss some of those good accounts and we learn things from them. I entitled this The Reluctant Warrior, and there are several reluctant warriors, but this morning we're going to look at a certain individual. It's in, he's in Judges. We have to look at the book of Judges this way. Judges this way. It's kind of like a cycle that I came across. People fall into sin and idolatry. God is angry. Oppression by the enemies. The people cry out with repentance. Salvation through the through chosen judges. Peace. Judge dies. And we start the same old cycle over and over again. The book of Judges is a cycle that seems that sometimes we repeat ourselves. We cry out for forgiveness, then we forget God, and we end up going recycling it back again. The sons of Israel were crying out in Judges chapter 4 to the Lord, for he had, he had 900 chariots, it's talking about Jabin, king of Moab, Moab, excuse me, I forget which way he is, Jabin, king, king, he has oppressed the Israelite people for 20 years. They are crying out and saying, Lord, we have failed. And God is about to move in a mighty way. He, we are introduced in that chapter to Deborah. He is not only a judge, she is a prophet. She is not only a judicial leader, she is a spiritual leader. In the Old Testament, looked up to, for here's what it says. Now Deborah, the wife of a prophetess, the wife of, of Lepetoth, was judged in Israel at that time, judge, judging in Israel at that time. Deborah was known for her commitment to God. She's not just known as a judge and a fair person, she is known for her spirituality. I want to ask you this one question. Are you known for your spirituality? Should we be? Should people be able to see your connection with Jesus Christ? Debron is a prophetess, a what? Okay, I went backwards, excuse me. The sons. Wait a second, messed up. Okay. The sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, for he had... I get that one. What am I doing? Excuse me, folks. There was a dwelling in the Israel, coming from the pen of inspiration, dwelling in Israel, a woman illustrated for her, illustrious for her piety. 
Through her, the Lord chose to deliver his people. Her name was Deborah. She was known as a prophetess, and in the absence of the usual magistrates, the people had sought her for the counsel and justice. Notice that she didn't get hired, but the people saw her spirituality and her what? Fairness. She is known as somebody who is walking with God. This morning, as we move on, she is called to call Barak. Barak was called by God through Deborah. You know, we have a lot of problems sometimes with that text because sometimes men think they're the only one who get a call. God, in this text, very clearly says, he called her to be a prophet, and he also called her to go call a man to do a job. In a society that didn't recognize women, but because of her spirituality and her connection with God, everybody knew that she was connected with God. Now she sent and summoned Barak and said to him, Behold, the Lord, the God of Israel, has commanded, go and march to Mount Tabor. She just says, this is what you're supposed to do, guy. Now, first rule of war is what? Come home alive, right? Isn't that the first rule of war? To survive it. Come home alive. Would you like to just take 10,000 guys up the hill against somebody who has 9,000 chariots and 900 chariots and probably got a whole lot more men than that? And God just says, go. Barak. In the ancient times, I want for us to realize that in the ancient times, the Lord worked in wonderful ways through consecrated women who united in his work with men whom he had chosen to stand as his representatives. Deborah is chosen to stand as God's representative. And goes on, he, when he used women to gain great and decisive victories more than once. In times of emergency, he brought them to the front and worked through them for the salvation of many lives. Barak. His name means to kneel down. I believe this man is sensitive enough to know that who is leading and he doesn't have to be number one. Okay? Our world is so caught up in being what? Number one. He is willing to step back and say, I don't have to be number one, but I do want to survive. Okay? Because that's what he does. He comes when Israel had been controlled by, for 20 years by the Canaanite king, Jabin. The people needed help. King Jabin had a general called Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army and his chariots and his many troops to the river Kishon. And I will give you him into your hands. In other words, Deborah just says, the battle is all what? It's one. You just gotta what? 
And what's his reaction to this? Uh, you go. I mean, if somebody said, all you got to do is show up and pick up a brand new car, how many of you would go show up and get your new car? But he's been told that he is going to have a victory, but he's got a problem. He has a problem. Barak is willing to go only if Deborah will go. Wait a second. Most people would say, he has, he's, he's standing behind a woman. Right? But Barak is a smart man. He not only wants to do what was right, but he wants to come home what? Alive. He wants to come home alive. Now, Barak has said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not what? Is he a reluctant warrior? Is he dragging his feet? Is he trying to find the excuse not to do it? Yep. He's doing it all. How many times have we been called that we dragged our feet and looked for excuses? So don't get too harsh on this man because sometimes we have done the same thing, haven't we? The Lord will, go, will allow Sarah to fall into the hands of a woman. Oh, this is, this is classic. I'm going to war. I'm going to defeat him, but I'm not going to get any what? They're not going to write the headlines, Barak defeated the Canaanites. Barak defeated Sisera. It's always going to read, a woman did it. But he doesn't really care because he's willing to do what God asks, but he doesn't have to be what? Number one. Interesting. For it goes on to say, she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you are about to take. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. And then Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kiddish. They get there to the top of Mount Tabor. Remember, we still have a what? A reluctant warrior, a prophetess, and a judge. We still have Deborah. She's still excited about the victory. And he's still doing what? Dragging his little... Dragging. And finally, she has to do this. She says, and then... They told Sisera that Barak is on the son of, of you know, forget his name, had gone up to Mount Tabor. He goes there, he gets there. Guess what happens next? Sisera marshals his troops, and then he comes with that troop, his chariots, 900 iron chariots. And with all, all the people who were with him, to the river Kishon. He's there. There is something about that valley that you must realize. 
Which is easier to get out of when it's wet? Sand or clay? Which will bog you down and hamper your movements? Clay. When it gets wet, it gets sticky, it gets stuck on your boots, and you're just pulling them up and you've got to wait. God sent a rain into that valley, and that rain turned all that ground into what? Mud. So the horses aren't moving fast. The chariots can't do their killing like they planned. And they are bogged down. And guess who's watching all this? Barak is at the top of the hill, looking down on this mess. And then he is told to go down. Here's what Deborah said to Barak. Barak said to ba- Deborah said to Barak, "Arise." For this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. And behold, the Lord has gone out before you. So Barak went down from the Mount Tabor and with 10,000 men following him. There were much many more men in that valley than there was his. Guess what? When you're stuck in the mud and you can't move fast, you are a what? You're a sitting target, folks. But God is already out there delivering. But Barak had to be told, what? Go down the hill. He was still what? Reluctant. Wow. Sometimes we're that stubborn too, aren't we? Sisera, he's real loyal type of general. Not. Remember back when he used to say, not. He's real, real loyal. He, he stands with his men. Not. As the Lord routed Z- Sisera and all of his chariots and all of his army with the, with the edge of the sword before Barak, Sisera alighted from his chariot and did what? Every man for himself. I can raise another army. as long as I'm alive. He's on the run. In fact, Barak wipes out Jabin's army. But what the Bible says, he wiped them all out. Not even one was left. Wow. Total destruction. Sisera has just taken a 40-mile run, 30 to 40-mile run. He feels he's what? He's safe. He's nowhere around the battle. He thinks he's safe. Now Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin and king of Hazor and the house of Heber, the Kenite. Now the Kenite people, when Israel came to the promised land, 
They gave them water. They gave, showed kindness to them. When Saul was about to destroy a group of people, he said to the Kenites, get out of here. You got to get out of here because of your kindness to God's people. These people have been kind to God's people repeatedly in the Old Testament. You, go, you can go read, you find it, do a little search, and you'll find it. They, they were just these people who were hospitable people. They, they, they shared with what they had. Jael uses the customs of her people. When she saw Sisera, she said, come on in. I'll take care of your needs. Okay? That must made him feel what? I'm safe. I'm in a good place. Man, think about it. Thinks he's in a good place. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my master, turn aside to me. Do not be afraid of be afraid. And he turned aside to her into the tent. And she covered him with a, with a rug. In other words, she said, lay down, take a nap. And he's feeling right this time what? I'm safe. I've made it. I'll raise another army. He is so confident that he's okay. And he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened up a bottle of milk and gave him a drink, and then she covered him up again. He's at this point feeling what? Pretty safe. He had made it. But you have to remember, he's not a very nice what? Nice guy. He's cruel. He has been cruel for years. He's not a nice guy. Sisera still is trying to give orders. <laughs> when, when you know that you are in a, in a bad situation, do you try to tell people what to do? But listen to what he says. He said to her, Stand in the doorway of the tent, and it shall be, if anyone comes and inquires of you, say, is there anyone here that you shall say, what? He is still saying, I'm in charge. He thinks he's in charge. He thinks he's safe. But here is a question. He thinks he's safe. But Sisera, a ruthless man, dies at the hands of Jael. He makes, she goes, but Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and seized a hammer in her hand and went secretly to him and drove the peg into his temple and it went through, the, through into the ground for he was sound asleep, exhausted, so he died. What a picture. Now we're introduced to what? Another woman, right? We are introduced to another woman who is listening to God, who is listening to the Holy Spirit. 
who has saw the track record of this man and says, he's not leaving here. He's, God has already said he would sell him into a woman's what? Hand. He dies. Jail show, sees Barak coming. And she says, I'd like to look at the Lord. Come on over here. I got something to show you. Come on, come on. I got something in the tent that you, you're interested in. Come on, come over here, and I'm going to show you. Can you imagine how Barak's eyes must have looked when he saw that man pegged to the floor? And he knew immediately what the prophet had said was true. A woman would be given credit because you were dragging your heels. But Barak wasn't too disturbed about that because you know why? The prophet, the good thing about a, servant, a soldier is the one thing he wants to do is what? Get home alive. And God has got him home alive. The enemy is destroyed. And the prophet of God is truthful. We don't think of that story too often, but let's take a look and look at some of the things we can learn from it. There he was lying on the floor, as we said. Deborah is a judicial and spiritual leader of Israel. God chooses this woman to not only lead the army into battle, but to lead the Israel spiritually. Deborah is, known, is known for her piety, her commitment to God. That's what she's known all about right off the bat. That's why people come to her. Not just for spiritualness, but because they, she is so connected with God, she's going to give a good response to a judicial problem. Deborah is that prophetess. Barak is a man who listens when God speaks, be it through a man or a woman. A lot of times I've met some men who say, I only listen to men. I got bad news for you. God uses what? Women and men together who are connected to God spiritually. God uses them. Barak is a man who was not worried about a woman being in the place of honor. He isn't. He just wants to come home what? Alive. You know? He is willing to listen to what God has given. And he doesn't worry about that honored position. And I think that because, because he has that name of a man that kneels. In other words, recognizes that there is authority over him. There is people who know more than he does. And that's just a part of his character that his name tells us. He kneels. Sisera, we're looking at all the players was a brutal man and he was self-serving. Period. Did it cost him? Yeah. 
Now I want to go to one of the, I consider one of the most unique people in this story. Jail. She's not a Jew. Is she? She knows about the Jews, but she isn't Jewish. And God calls her to do a job. Think about it for a moment. Has God ever called a non-Seventh-day Adventist to teach us something? I think we can learn from other people. But here in jail, jail knew the time, knew the time to act was now. Unlike Barak, who had to be told to engage in the enemy, who had almost be shoved out, she takes the initiative, what? By herself. A Gentile woman delivers Israel. Wow. Can we learn from other people? I hope so. Because this is one of those stories I think we can learn from. God uses other people to help us see what we need to do. In the end, in the, end the Bible says this about this lady. Ladies, wouldn't you like this said about you? The most blessed of women is Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. The most blessed is she of women in the tent. She is called what? Blessed. Because she responded to the leading of the Holy Spirit. This morning, we need to listen to God's messengers. No matter if they're women or men, we need to be humble enough to step back and let someone else serve. And when God uses somebody that, oh, that we couldn't imagine he was using, accept that he has used them. And he will bless them, and we will be blessed. All of Israel was blessed by this lady, wasn't they? She did the job that nobody else could do. And God calls each of us to do something for him. Let us listen and let us respond. Like Deborah, like Barak, and Jael. For they each one responded, not always in the perfect way, but they responded. It's time we respond, isn't it? Our closing hymn.